Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Muy buenos dias. Wake up, America. It's Tuesday, March 7th. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. On the Memorial of Saints Perpetua and Felicity, Martyrs of the Early Church. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. On Tuesdays, uh, we always remember the guardian angels. Each one of us has a guardian angel, so you should pray often to your guardian angel, asking these Heavenly Companions for Help. I have felt the presence of my guardian angel. I can't begin to tell you. So many times uh, I I get these little inspirations uh, to do something or to find something, and sure enough, it's got to be the the guardian angel uh, just leading the way. In fact, I've actually thought about uh, a name for my guardian angel, and I came up with uh, Pascual. Uh, Pascual in Espanol because uh, I was born on Easter Sunday, and the Mother Cabrini sisters uh, at Columbus Hospital told my mother that I should have been named Pascual. So if you haven't thought about it, maybe you might want to even give your guardian angel a name. Want to bring in our morning air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines this hour here on this Tuesday morning? You know, kind of a scary story. We're following four Americans kidnapped in Mexico just over the border from uh, uh, Brownsville, Texas, a very dangerous part of the country. Actually, the federal government advising no travel for Americans in that area. We've got more from White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. We are closely following the assault and kidnapping of four U.S. citizens uh, in Matamorosa, Mexico. Uh, These sorts of attacks are unacceptable. Our thoughts are with the families of these individuals, and we stand ready to provide all appropriate consular assistance. U.S. law enforcement is in touch with Mexican law enforcement. The Departments of State and Homeland Security are also coordinating with Mexican authorities, and we will continue to coordinate uh, with Mexico and push them uh, to bring those responsible to justice. Glenn, uh, this is uh, a really uh, alarming uh, story, especially uh, for uh, all Americans, but especially, you know, we, we have stations down in uh, the Rio Grande Valley, uh, not too far from there, down there in that Brownsville area. And so uh, th- this is something that, that uh, our listeners uh, should really be paying attention to the authorities, because when they warn you that it's dangerous on the other side in Matamoros, on the other side of Mexico with those cartels, it's definitely something to be paying attention to. Yeah, some thought this was a case of mistaken identity. These uh, four headed down, according to one report, for some uh, plastic surgery, perhaps, uh, in Mexico. Other reports say it was uh, for medication, but uh, scary nonetheless. $50,000 reward for more info. Yeah, meanwhile... um California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom says uh, that California is going to boycott Walgreens uh, because uh, it won't uh, sell abortion um, drugs in pro-life states. Uh, This is something that we've been talking about now uh, for the last couple of weeks. Walgreens getting it from both sides. Pro-lifers calling for a boycott for the giant chain carrying uh, drugs that can allow people to, uh, you know, take pills to do the abortions at home. Uh, several states where abortion is illegal and other pro-life states as well joining together. Some 20 attorneys general from those states uh, uh, asked Walgreens not to or kind of threatened a lawsuit. Walgreens said, OK, we won't. 
uh, make that available in those areas. And uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, of course, a very pro-abortion state in California, said, we don't like that. We don't want to do business with Walgreens now. Well, uh, apparently uh, groups like 40 Days for Life and Students for Life of America, Pro-Life Action League, and many others are making a difference uh, because this issue is front and center. And uh, now we're seeing uh, the reaction uh, to the pushback. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's got to make these large corporations uh, think twice about how they're going about their business. Absolutely. On a much uh, lighter and happier note <laughs> this morning, uh, it is National Cereal Day. I, I see Sarah uh, smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> Who doesn't like cereal? There's so many good cereals to choose from. In fact, I was thinking about that when we found out that it was National Cereal Day, the, the type of different cereals that are out there. Uh, one of my favorites, Pops. You know, Glenn, uh, last hour you were talking about when you go to a hotel and they have that nice spread out for you and you kind of, well, indulge a little bit of on vacation or whatever the case may be. Pops was always the one I went for. I would do a little <laughs> indulging. I'm not going to buy it on my own dime, but if it's out there, I'll, I'll taste it. Um, and you know what I was always intrigued about was that Apple Jacks. It doesn't taste like apples. What is up with this title? What is the name? I don't understand. Very well, a lot of confusion with that cereal. Turns out tricks, for example, with the different fruity shapes now, it used to be just the round little, you know, pellets before when I was a kid. Love the flavor, but turns out the flavor is the same for all the pieces, right? <laughs> they just look different. It's the same flavor. Last hour, we gave some props to the Captain. Captain Crunch is being the uh, most milk-resistant cereal out there. That stays crunchy the longest. Uh, working at uh, one radio operation, somebody came walking in the office that day. Go, oh, man, my mouth, that cereal just did a number on it this morning. And in unison, everyone was like, Captain Crunch, right? Yep, yep. So, so we remember some some days when the the mouth might have got beaten up a little bit, but boy, that was good stuff. I loved Captain Crunch when I was a little kid. In fact, I loved it too much. I used to eat boxes of that stuff. Uh, Captain Crunch. Uh, remember the commercials with Jacques Lefoot, the barefoot pirate. <laughs> I knew you think of pirates, you don't think of a French accent, but he was French. That's very interesting that there's at least one French pirate that we do know of out there in the world today. And John oh, is yes. still wired on uh, cereal sugar to this day. Yes, I have switched uh, to a much healthier uh, oatmeal these days, uh, uh, the, the Quaker Oats variety, uh, to be exact. Well, you know what? One thing that I think was always a fun treat is when you would get those fun packs from the grocery store, and there'd be like, you know, six or eight little mini versions, one bowl each uh, of yeah, the cereal. Camping. Yeah. Right? What would be? There's always one that nobody really wanted that would be left <laughs> <Yep>. over. <laughs> there's always one left over that fun pack. Oh, like, uh, what do we do with Raisin this? You know, feed it to the dog like that. or something. Yeah. That They try to put one healthy one in there. Like, why? You ruined the fun pack. You just reminded me uh, when I was in high school and I was at an all boys boarding school, we used to have competitions to see who could eat the most boxes of cereal in oh, the morning. Buddy. So it was, it was, we'd eat 10 boxes of the little tiny boxes of cereal. You guys were Growing boys. <laughs> for sure. All right. Thanks so much, uh, Sarah and Glenn, as always. We, uh, we begin every hour, always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. Every day is a gift. Every day is a blessing. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, 
pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. We always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-914. That's 888-914-9149. You can find us on Twitter, our handle, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. You can always send us an email with your thoughts or comments or any story ideas that you might have, morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, at a time when uh, some people think that our nation is headed in the wrong direction, uh, it is helpful to think and pray about our country. In fact, our Catholic faith teaches that we should pray for our leaders. We should pray for our president, in fact, our Catholic president, even if we don't agree with him. We should pray for members of Congress and all of our national leaders. But what a better way to do this than in the heart of our nation capital, where our Lord is truly present in the tabernacle, in the closest and most beautiful chapel to the White House, the chapel of St. Jose Maria Escriva. Joining us live with much more from Washington, D.C. is Father Charles Truyols, the director of the Catholic Information Center in Washington, D.C. Father Truyols is originally from Barcelona, Spain, graduated from Barcelona School of Architecture, earned a bachelor's degree in theology and a doctorate uh, degree in canon law from the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross in Rome. Father Trioles was ordained a priest in Rome for the prelature of Opus Dei back in 2006, then moved to the U.S. and has lived in Pittsburgh, San, uh, South Bend, and uh, Chicago, serving the pastoral needs of the prelature. Good morning, Father Trioles. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a blessing uh, to be with you this morning. Good morning, John. I'm so happy to be on the air with all of you. I am a big fan of Relevant Radio. <laughs> well, Father, I really, uh, really appreciate you taking the time. It's, uh, it's great to, to be with you here. It's a, it's a joy. And uh, we, we want to talk uh, about uh, praying uh, from uh, the heart of our nation's capital. But uh, um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about the Catholic Information Center, a place that I've actually had uh, the blessing of visiting uh, one time uh, back uh, when I think it was during the March for Life I had a, a chance to stop in. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about this wonderful place? Yeah, it's um, it's can I describe it as an outpost in the middle of uh, Washington downtown in DC by the White House. Our mission is to evangelize downtown to bring Christ there uh, to everyone working in the area. We have a beautiful uh, chapel uh, where we have daily mass and confessions, daily confessions, and uh, you know I'm there every day, open to to speaking to people. We have programs, we have speakers, we have book launches, we have so many things to bring Christ to uh, downtown Washington D.C. and to help all those people who are making uh, big decisions for for our country. And uh, this uh, beautiful chapel uh, dedicated to St. Uh, Jose Maria Escriba, the founder of, of Opus Dei, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. It's literally, uh, a, what, about a third of a mile away from the White House? Yeah, it's right there, just three blocks away. And we just renovated the whole place. So, John, you have to, and every, all our listeners, you know, when you come to Washington, D.C., you have to stop by the CAC. 
uh, because now we, I mean, everything is uh, beautiful. Um, some people um, like have compared it with a boutique, you know, and uh, where we sell books and, uh, and we have all these programs. But what we have especially is the most precious jewel of all, which is the Blessed Sacrament there. This is why we have made the CIC so uh, amazing and beautiful to attract so many people to the love of God. And Father Tuyols, um, a lot of people from all different walks of life and different professions uh, come uh, every day to your uh, chapel and to the Catholic Information Center uh, to, to go to daily Mass. I understand uh, you get over 13,000 uh, attendees uh, every year? Yeah. So, yeah, the number, numbers have been... Um, and yeah, different from different from year to year, but there is a lot of uh, people coming in, and we are I'm very happy and 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 you know and, and proud of being able to help so many people um, again who are uh, helping our country with their work, um, whether they work in in the government, at the White House, in other agencies or in Congress, or maybe they are part of think tanks, right? Or maybe they are lawyers or lobbyists. There are so many amazing professionals who need also uh, spiritual guidance, spiritual nourishment. And I, I always joke that everyone needs, you know, a, a, a doctor, a lawyer, and a priest. <laughs> so and, uh, the Blessed Sacrament, right? So uh, that's what the CAC is for so many uh, people in our country. Well, it's it's a beautiful thing to be so close uh, to uh, to the White House. Uh, uh, tell us about people that come in to a confession. Uh, from what I understand, thousands come in every year uh, to go to confession and perhaps get some spiritual direction uh, right there, uh, stone throws away from the White House. Yeah, because I'm always there, right? So people feel free to just to come in or to make appointments. So it's very very easy to go to confession. And in fact, with the new renovation, I have to say that um, we redesigned the confessional millers. I always uh, say that we now have the most beautiful confessionals and comfortable confessionals in, in, in the city. So uh, anyway, it's very, it's, it's very appealing and very, I'm so happy that all those people uh, make use of, of, you know, the confession or spiritual direction, guidance, um, and all of that. Yes. And I understand that, that uh, the Catholic Information Center has started a new tradition, uh, which is, it sounds like a really beautiful tradition. Tell us about this new tradition. Yeah. So, you know, for, for some time, I have been seeing all those Catholics um, coming to Washington, D.C. You know how many tourists come to Washington, D.C., according to data? Around 20 million people from our country every year come to Washington DC. And of them, I was thinking a few million might be Catholics and all of them, or almost all of them, right, go to, the, to see the White House. And I was thinking, what if each Catholic, each one of them were to stop by the CIC, which is just right there, right? Uh, three blocks away from the White House to stop by the Blessed Sacrament, by the closest tabernacle to the White House to pray just one Our Father, one Hail Mary, and one glory for our country, as you were uh, mentioning before, right? The importance of praying for our president, whoever he is, right, or she is, 
and for the members of Congress and people in government and for the, the, the well-being of our country. There is not, I think there is not better place for that than the tabernacle of the Catholic Information Center. So this is why I would like all our listeners and every Catholic in, in our country to, re, uh, I would say, re, rediscover the power of prayer when they come to Washington, D.C., and not just sizing, which is important and it's very nice, and you know, and, but prayer is at the heart of our uh, faith. And, and that is, is very powerful. Imagine how our country would be if that were to happen. That's my dream. And this is what I'm trying to spread around the country. It's a wonderful dream, uh, Father uh, Truyols. In fact, maybe we can take a page out of Father Rocky's uh, playbook. You know, he came up with the idea of praying memoraries to end abortion. And uh, we're now up to uh, 503 um, million memoraries. I mean, can you imagine almost Amazing. over half a billion memoraries since we started this campaign to end abortion? And sure enough, last year, of course, as you know, Roe v. Wade was overturned, but we've got a long way to go. Maybe uh, this can be a, a good example to uh, take your uh, new tradition to a higher level. Maybe we can shoot for a big goal of lots yeah. of our fathers, Hail Marys and Glory Bees there at, uh, at the Catholic Information Center. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we are also, um, I just want to mention also that in, in, you know, in thinking of the Eucharistic revival that we are in, in, in our country, uh, we are also planning to have um, a Eucharistic procession downtown Washington, D.C., by the CIC, you know, in that area, and hopefully also to, you know, pass by all these um, symbolic um places in, in our country. Um, um, so so I, and we are planning to do that in, in May, sometime in, in the spring, in May, maybe it's May 20th. We are working on that. We are now in the process with the city to give us the permit. But that would be an amazing, you know, um, event for, uh, for our country as well. This is how I, I envision it, right? Having the closest tabernacle to the White House and having a Eucharistic procession just right there. For I'm praying for for our nation, so that's another aspect that we are I'm promoting um, at the CAC at this time. Well, uh, Father Tuyols, as we get closer to May, uh, we'll have to give you the platform, hand you the microphone, and and shout it out to to try to get as many yeah. people as possible <laughs> to be in this uh, proce- Eucharistic procession uh, in DC. Yeah. I think that would make a very strong statement, and hopefully, uh, our president and and so many of the of the politicians in, in Congress uh, uh, c- can see this. In these final moments, can you? share with us uh, why you feel it's so important for us to continue to pray for our nation and to pray for our president and, and our Congress uh, more than ever before. Well, um, there are many problems and difficulties and issues right in our country that you just mentioned at the beginning of the hour and many other things. And we cannot forget that, um, that God can do anything and everything and that he counts on our faith and our, um, you know, request for, for, for his uh, intervention. And it's not just our own will or our own skills that are going to transform our country. It's that with the power of God. And that's the most important um, thing to have in mind as we, you know, um, as we try to redirect uh, our nation uh, to, you know, to, to the good that God has given us. And the one thing that really uh, jumps out at me is, you know, we obviously we have a Catholic president uh, 
who, um, for whatever reason, th- does not really, you know, practice his Catholic faith the way that, that he needs to. And so we need to continue to to pray for him to change his heart. And anything is impossible with prayer and, and with God and w- with any other uh, politicians uh, that uh, are not promoting, uh, you know, the, the culture of life, as an example, or the traditional family. We need to pray for all of them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to pray for all, all of everyone, right? And uh, and that's what the Catholic Information Center is fostering, is striving, and and trying to promote uh, for all the Catholics. So um, yeah, when when you come to and John, you, when you come to this to, to Washington D.C., please stop by the CIC to see the nearly renovated uh, chapel and, and 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 location. It sounds fantastic. I absolutely will make it uh, a point that the next time I come to, to D.C. Uh, I, I used to come every year back when I was uh, working in pro-life uh, for the March for Life, uh, but it's been a few years uh, since I've been there. So uh, I guarantee when I'm in D.C., I'm going to come and visit you yeah. and uh, and see the beautiful St. Jose Maria Escriva Chapel. Yeah. Uh, Father, real quick, where can our listeners find out more about the Catholic Information Center? Well, absolutely. You can go to the website. We have a beautiful website where you can have you can see all the events and speakers coming up. We are going to host starting next week the the only life size replica of the Throat of Turin. We are going to start exhibit at the CAC to uh, uh, raise awareness of this beautiful artifact that we believe, you know, it's the Throat of Jesus. And uh, and so we are going to have that at the CAC as an attraction some, for so many Catholics as well, right, to learn about it. And, and many other things, many other events that are or the Eucharistic procession, you can always go to the CAC, to the website and also um, subscribe to our newsletter. And you will be receiving all these updates of what we are doing so that maybe when you come to Washington, D.C., you can uh, attend one of them. That would be uh, that would be amazing and, and, and wonderful. And what what a what a great way uh, to learn more uh, about our Lord uh, through that replica of the Shroud of Turin here during this season of Lent, which is what it's all about—the uh, the passion, uh, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, again, the uh, the website uh, C I C D C That's our website. Thank you. Father Artuyos, can you give us your blessing? Absolutely. May God bless you, all our listeners throughout the country, so that um, our mother also may be present in in our daily lives, and we learn to um, follow Jesus more closely um, with the love of our our nation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias, uh, Padre. De nada. <laughs> really appreciate it. We could have done this in Espanol, as you know. But <laughs> so much a joy to, to meet you here on the show. And uh, you can book it. If I get to D.C., I will come and see you. Absolutely. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Father Charles uh, Truyols, the director of the Catholic Information Center in Washington, D.C. We need to take a short break when Morning Air returns. Catholic evangelist Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com, will tell us how to experience a true and lasting love-led revival. Stay with us on this Tuesday as the final hour of Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We get it almost every night. When And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Tuesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus the Lord says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God's Word makes it very clear. Our eternal forgiveness and salvation depends upon whether or not we have forgiven those who have wronged us. On our own, forgiveness may seem impossible from a human perspective, but without the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can do nothing, especially when choosing to forgive others. I want to encourage you, especially here during this season of Lent, to try to go to confession and ask the good Lord for the grace to forgive, that is to forgive from the heart, the way that he taught, 70 times 7, meaning uh, without limit, especially those Uh, who have hurt us uh, deep down. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that prayer that uh, my good friend Drew Mariani prays every afternoon during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. And now let's talk about love. Yes, you may have heard of the recent Asbury Revival. In fact, we talked about it uh, just last week. Uh, this phenomenon has uh, drawn uh, tens of thousands of, uh, of people, uh, most of them young people, to Kentucky and may have spread elsewhere. Uh, you may have also heard of the movie uh, The Jesus Revolution, which was released uh, two weekends ago. And chances are that you have likely heard, especially if you listen to Relevant Radio, that the Catholic bishops of the U.S. have called for a Eucharistic revival. To continue uh, delving into uh, this hot topic of revival and to tie it into the reason for the season, that is the season of Lent and the season of Easter, we now uh, go live to our resident loveologist and hope-filled, love-driven evangelist, Martha Fernandez Sardina, uh, is with us to uh, share some thoughts on how to experience a true and lasting love-led revival. Martha is the international uh, bilingual uh, speaker. Uh, she is a former director for uh, evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. Good morning, Martha. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. Uh, It's great to be with you once again here on another Tuesday. Good morning. Always great to be with you, John. Martha, first of all, can you give us a a brief uh, overview of what's been going on, uh, these these past, current, and and future phenomenon that are are being uh, talked about by all kinds of folks, people of faith, uh, no faith, both uh, inside the Catholic Church, outside the the Catholic uh, Church, beginning with this Asbury revival. Well, uh, we have this uh, all this news about this Asbury revival in February of 2023 at the universe at Asbury University in Kentucky. It's a non-denominational uh, small 
uh, University of the Wesleyan Holiness Movement tradition, which emerged from uh, Methodism in the 19th century. And they actually have a history of revivals and they encourage their students to pray for revival. So they had this um, event that happened in the chapel one day when uh, they had their Bible leader come and, and encourage them. Um, and it was kind of a low key thing. Uh, early February, he just encouraged them to seek the Lord, to seek forgiveness, to seek uh, repentance, and a, a number of students. And it was nothing out of the world. I think he even texted his wife saying, you know, it just was like so-so. But then a number of students stayed in prayer, and then they stayed, and then they stayed, and then a few ran around the campus saying, revival, revival has come. And so the chapel was filled with people. So that's what's going on, or was going on at Asbury. It grew so large, drawing thousands of people from all over the country, even from outside the country. Uh, that they moved it, they, they kind of closed it down to students only for certain hours, and then they they moved uh, the prayer event uh, to to another uh, venue. And and I think it's kind of died down, um, but it apparently spread uh, the concept, the idea, the or the actual revival from the Holy Spirit to other campuses. So time will tell what all was going on there. And secondly, you mentioned the. Jesus Revolution, the movie that came out a couple of weekends ago, uh, that's the retelling uh, from a certain angle of some of the main moments and, and people involved in an awakening that took place late 60s, uh, early 70s, called the Jesus Movement, which then Time Magazine called the Jesus Revolution, which is the title of the movie. Uh, and that was at Calvary uh, Chapel, which is the name of a, a congregation and, and many, there are many Calvary chapels, and it sort of grew from there. And what happened was it brought thousands of people to conversion to Christ, primarily uh, the, the hippies of the day uh, that then became known as the Jesus, freak, uh, Jesus Freaks. And uh, so there were a lot of conversions. And apparently, I read on uh, someone's post on Facebook uh, that several of those individuals who converted to uh, Christ in that uh, Jesus movement or Jesus revolution actually became Catholics and are among some of the uh, well-known Catholic apologists uh, and evangelists today. And then lastly, you mentioned the uh, Eucharistic Revival. Well, that's an initiative that the bishops of the United States uh, have uh, called. They're asking us, the people of God, to pray for and to participate in a series of events and experiences to revive our love for commitment to the Eucharist uh, in recognition of uh, the bishops did this in recognition of that uh, sad and serious situation of the statistics uh, regarding the Eucharist, um, the lack of conviction among Catholics and non-practicing Catholics mostly, uh, but even some who do go to church, uh, the lack of conviction about the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the commitment to receive the Eucharist and to be well disposed to receive the Eucharist through uh, confession. So what we're calling for, what we're aiming for is a real return to a firm belief in and love for our Lord in the Eucharist and a commitment uh, to all things Catholic and all things Eucharistic, uh, and also to uh, Eucharistic coherence so that we don't live a life uh, of incongruity, uh, a double life, saying one thing and believing another, believing one thing and doing another. Martha, we covered it here on Morning Air, and uh, you know a lot of people were were touched, as 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 you mentioned, uh, by uh, that uh, Asbury revival, and uh, you know there were even Catholics that attended, uh, many Catholics that were actually moved. But it all brings up the whole question of exactly, you know, what what is a revival, and uh, what what do we mean when we talk about a revival? Something that really you typically you think of uh, with our uh, you know separated brothers and sisters. 
Well, there are different terms for, for related spiritual moments of intense and immense grace from God, and revival is one word. It's actually biblical as well. Um, depending on which translation you're using, you might find it uh, more often. But, for example, in the book of Revelation, Revelation 2, uh, 10, 11, we, uh, verses 10 and 11, it refers to the church in Smyrna, and, and there's a, a revival or a restoration or a renewal of that first love and passion for Christ. Uh, which Christ is calling his people to, uh, after a lot of suffering and intense persecution, the church in Smyrna, uh, St. John in the book of the Revelation talks about that. So uh, a lot of times the cares and the worries of the world uh, and life, and they beat us down, they leave us emotionally uh, and physically and spiritually exhausted. And we need a revival, right? To be revived, to be brought back to life, to have faith, hope, and love brought back to life. So that's what we're seeking is a love-led revival, a renewal of our faith, a restoration of our hope. And it's a God thing. It's something that God does from on high, from the uh, inside out. Uh, we can and must dispose ourselves uh, for revival. We can pray for it. We can gather as a people of God uh, and, and we can plead for that. But a real revival, a real renewal is something that God does, which is why it can't exactly be controlled. That's why, uh, you know, people will gather for hours on end sometimes and praise and worship and have spontaneous uh, confession of their sins to God. And, and, and in our case, as Catholics, we'll run to the confessional, we'll run to the Eucharist. So it's a revolution. It's a revival. It's a renewal. It's a return. It's it's based on repentance, uh, of reform. Uh, many times in the church history, we'll talk about an illumination or a visitation from God. Uh, and, and when this conviction falls upon you and it turns people to conversion. So it's that awakening and rebirth, or even, you know, when we talk about being born again, or, or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all of these are various terms throughout uh, church history and across um, uh, various congregations outside of the Catholic Church to refer to that work of God from the inside out, leading to metanoia, to a resurrected life, which is why it's a great time for us to talk about it now, because during Lent, we're getting ready for what? For a new resurrected life during the Easter season and thereafter. No question, our Lord wants us uh, to uh, change our hearts. He's looking for that uh, metanoia, that revival, as you uh, just uh, mentioned. And uh, I want to talk about uh, how this season of Lent uh, and the upcoming Easter season is a perfect time for a revival. Uh, we need to take a, a short break, but I want to invite our listeners, if you have any thoughts uh, on ways to celebrate this Eucharistic revival that our U.S. bishops have called for. Uh, we'd love to hear your perspective. We're taking your calls for Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLove.com at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're take a short time out as we continue our discussion with Martha. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. Wake up, America. It's morning air, bringing the light of Christ to start your day. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 is our number if you want to 
be part of our discussion, our conversation this morning as we're talking about uh, experiencing a true and lasting love-led revival. And we were talking about uh, the Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for uh, during this three-year period as we continue uh, our conversation with our resident love evangelizer, Martha Fernandez-Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. Again, our number, if you want to chime in, 888-914-9149. Martha, before we we continue talking about how uh, Lent uh, and this Easter season is just the perfect time uh, for a revival, I wanted to go to uh, Karen, who is joining us uh, from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Karen, good morning. Welcome to Morning. Air, you're on with Martha Fernandez Sardina. Good morning, John, and thank you. And Martha, good morning to you. Um, I'm so excited that we're talking about this and so wonderful to know there's a revival going on. But I can't help but feel at my age, um, I'm thinking back about all the times that we got caught up in love, 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 everything is love and we'll be fine. And, and I want to remind people, and I know you both know this too that with this love and excitement with the revival, especially the Eucharistic revival, there is a responsibility that goes with us. This isn't the 60s revival where, you know, we know that kind of love didn't last. Excitement doesn't last unless it's, it's based on knowledge and true love. And you can't, you can't really love something unless you know all about it. So my message is with this revival and excitement and as it should be, is a responsibility for us. It's never been easier in history, never before, to look things up and, and to learn about how do I know that book I'm reading that's so exciting and, oh, it's got me so high on Jesus. Is it what the church teaches? Is there an imprimatur? Is there the nil upstat? Is it, is it in line with church teaching, or am I getting high on something that that is not accurate? And final point is, there have been, um, in my time, directors uh, of, of education at parishes where um, they stand up at the confirmation, for example, um, uh, time where they're te- telling people and students, the parents and the students about all this, and they say, well, if you can't get to Mass on Sunday, well, then go on Wednesday. No, <laughs> that's not right. So I've heard so many incorrect teaching or people that mean well they truly are good people. They're giving of their time. They're wanting to be part of evangelization and, and teaching youth and teaching, you know, instructing, even in our CIA. But they're giving their excited opinions about something and not church teaching. And that ultimately, I believe, uh, in my experience and observation, is sometimes responsible for people leaving down the road because they're falling in love with something that is not true and honest and that's not what Jesus wants for us. So, Thanks so much, Karen. Appreciate that perspective. I think it's a really good reminder. Uh, Martha, real quick, your, your thoughts. Well, I love what you were saying, Karen, because that's exactly what in this segment uh, for a year and a half now we've been talking about on and off. It's love in truth and truth in love. And it's not just because I say so. It's because the word of God, Jesus Christ, said so, because the written word of God said so, because the popes have said so, especially Pope Benedict XVI wrote all about it, caritas in deritate, 
right? Charity in truth and veritas in caritate, truth in love. So yes, they are not divorced one from another. We can only truly love with true love. And we must present the truths of the gospel with the hard parts too, because that's exactly why Jesus is a savior. He is saving us from something that is uh, not good for us, that will bring us to uh, eternal damnation if we're not careful, if we're not uh, um, responding if we don't reciprocate the love of Christ with a life of conversion. So renewal, revival is aimed at that, at embrace, excuse me, embracing the fullness of truth, embracing the gospel, embracing the life of conversion, of penance, of penitence, and becoming saints. So let's be saints. Martha, if it's in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and uh, taught uh, in Scripture and sacred tradition and it's properly interpreted, uh, that is the way to go, not just uh, what somebody says on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. And even when we hear certain things on Sunday mornings, you're, you know, because of the sensus fidei, the sensus fidelium, we have a sense for the faith if we're being formed and if we're in prayer. If we're experiencing renewal and revival in our hearts, we will identify, we'll go, hey, that doesn't sound right. And we might approach our pastor or whichever priest is preaching or deacon that day. And we might say, I don't think that's exactly what the church teaches. In fact, I'm certain that's not what the church teaches. And you might have a good dialogue. You might do it after mass. You might do it in over coffee. You might doing it do it in an email. And even if, and this is important, and I appreciate that caller's perspective. Even if others around you, including leaders of the highest office, even if they are teaching something that is not what the Church of two thousand years has taught, and which is part of the deposit of faith. If they're not doing it, you keep on believing, you keep on hoping, you keep on loving, you keep on being Catholic, thoroughly Catholic. You preach it, sister. <laughs> Martha, yeah. Let me uh, let me just uh, remind the folks that this this period that we're in this this time of of Lent and the upcoming uh, Easter season, this is a perfect time for a revival. Absolutely. This is a perfect time for revival. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what it's all about. It's awakening what's dead. It's resurrecting what, what is buried and bringing us back uh, to God and away from our pagan idols and our self-worship. It's, you know, we have this tendency to drift away from God and we're easily fooled by the enemy, by the evil one, by evil around us if we are not attentive. When I say if you're not careful, that's what I mean. Attentive, grounded, alert, sober and alert as uh, St. Peter says. So God won't let that stand. He will come back to call us back, to wake us up, to jar us out of our complacency and to ask us for an account, for an account about our lives and to jumpstart our spiritual lives, you know? And so Jesus is offering us, he's giving us, he's uh, awakening us to true revival, to a true awakening, to a true illumination of our consciences during the Easter, uh, th during the Lenten season, so that we might experience that revival of love and faith and hope that the early church experienced after their own Pentecost. So that's what God is doing in our midst. And uh, we, we should welcome that with personal repentance and with reform in our lives. And, and we should focus on what what the Lord came to offer us at Bethlehem and Nazareth and Galilee and Jerusalem and Calvary. Talk about Calvary Chapel. On Calvary, the Lord gave his life 
so that we might have new life, so that we might die with him and rise with him. And that's the aim of any authentic revival, including the Eucharistic revival. And look up their website at eucharisticrevival.com, probably. Uh, the bishops, and it has four phases, so look at that. EucharisticRevival.org. I actually happen to have it open right in front of me. It's a beautiful website, a lot of great information in there. Uh, Martha, as time is ticking away, can you give us a few practical uh, ideas uh, of ways to to really uh, seek this love-led revival, as you call it, here during this season of Lent and Easter coming up? Ask for it. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open to you, our Lord said. And he said, full measure, pressed down, you will receive. And he also says, you have not received because you have you do not know how to pray. You've not asked for the Holy Spirit. So ask for the Holy Spirit for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit who will pray within you to God. Get down on your knees. Get down off your high horse. Get rid of sin. Call it by name. Confess it. I have a friend who confessed to me the other day. She said, I don't like to kneel. I don't get down on my knees. And now, now uh, she's going through a very, very difficult situation in her family. And she says, I'm getting down on my knees, but my husband is not. Get rid of the arrogance. Get rid of the sense of entitlement. Get rid of the criticalness. Get rid of the lack of meekness and humility and the blame shifting. Take responsibility for your sins and, and ask the Lord to renew in you what is dead. Die to self so that God can bring you to new life. This can be a glorious season and the Easter season even more so. So get down on your knees, pray to God, ask for revival. And uh, many, many good things can happen if uh, we cooperate with God's grace. Uh, obviously, there's much more that we can talk about. We can obviously continue uh, the next time we get together. But uh, as always, I really appreciate uh, your perspective and uh, your fervor for our Lord and our faith. Thank you so much. God bless you. And remember, you are loved. And so are you. Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. And now it is time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Don't Judge by the Cover. He didn't look like much at first. He was too fat and his head was so big his mother feared it was misshapen or damaged. He didn't speak till he was well past two, and even then with a strange ecolalia that reinforced his parents' fears, he threw a small bowling ball at his sister, and he chased his first violin teacher from the house by throwing a chair at her. There wasn't short no sign, other than the patience to build card houses 14 stories high, that this little child would grow up to be the new Copernicus, proclaiming a new theory of nature in which matter and energy swap faces. Light beams bent, the stars danced, and space and time were as flexible and elastic as bubblegum. No clue to suggest that he'd help send humanity lurching down the road to the atomic age with all its promise and dread. With the stroke of his pen on a letter to President Franklin Roosevelt in 1939, certainly no reason to suspect that his image would be on t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, and dolls. As we speak of Albert Einstein. 1 Samuel 16, 7 reminds us, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
As always, uh, another powerful reminder. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. During uh, this season of Lent, I want to continue to encourage you to try to get to Daily Mass if you can and pray the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Tuesday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Levers, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Wednesday on the next edition of Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.